So this morning I want to speak um, a little bit about releasing the fire of God for 2017. Is that okay? And so we're going to, we're going to read a, a very well-known passage in Exodus chapter 3. And um, you all know the story, but we're going to read it together because it's great just to, to catch the flavor and the atmosphere of Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, wouldn't you? Um, why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for your, the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses had hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard their crying out because of their slave their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And of course, Moses was the man that was going to be involved there. Now, if you go over to Acts chapter 2, you'll read a very well-known um, verse there. I want just to, to just get, uh, put it into your minds. It's, it's, it's all about Pentecost. And it says this at the beginning of Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Great passages. So what about the fire of God? It's a great picture. Um, Fire, of course, in the natural signifies a state of combustion in the natural. And you know the, the idea and the, and the flame is the visible effect of this. You know, when you light a fire, you know, you see the, the effect of that. That, that combustion come, comes and it's, in the natural is great. And it played a very important part in the, the Old Testament because the worship of the temple and the tabernacle, um, the altar of incense and burnt offerings constantly required fire. And so the fire on the altar was started by God, which was good, you know, and it had to be kept going all the time. And so fire in, in the Old Testament is very important. It is also used, of course, of the Holy Spirit. We see that in Acts 2 and other places. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So fire is a, I like, the Bible is a, in my book, a, it's a picture book. And I love to, to try and, and understand what it's all about. And for us today, um, it's not a physical fire, but the supernatural presence of God in our lives. You know? Do you agree with that? It's a supernatural power of God in our lives. We are all quite simply, chariots of fire, to quote a most awesome film. Have you all seen it? Yeah. Those who haven't seen it, you've got to repent. <laughs> because it's about a Scotsman 
Eric Little, who won a gold medal in the Olympics. Had you got that? And he was an amazing guy. He wouldn't run on a Sunday. He was a very traditional Presbyterian. Um, and I come from that background. Sundays was a day that was different. And, you know, it was lovely to, to see his story. When he, uh, one of the great quotes of that film is this. He says, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And he was spiritually and physically a chariot of fire. And so his natural ability was used by God um, to win gold medals. And his life story then ended up in China. He died at the age of 45 because it, it was more than the physical fire that caught him. It was the Holy Spirit fire that took him to, to China. And there he was used by God and he died quite young. But he was somebody very special. And so for, for Moses, the burning bush was a very important picture. It signified the presence of God. It got Moses' attention. Can you imagine looking at a bush, it was burning, and it wouldn't burn out? That's my kind of log fire, is it not? That would save a lot of logs. I was over in Ireland with my son, and, his, and they've got a log fire there. I had to come in bags and bags of logs. I thought, Lord, give me a burning bush. You know the idea? Just to keep it going. And so this was an amazing sight here. It was a holy place, it, a, a place where we can talk to God about anything. When you meet God personally in this way, and even though it, is, it gets your attention, and you say, wow, what's going on here? Um, in that kind of atmosphere, I believe your tongue begins to loosen up and you talk more naturally to God. When you get a bit of a supernatural experience, um, you know, you want to find out, what's going on here, God? It gets your attention. And, and we all need today, it's a place where God prepares and equips us. And so in 2017, I believe, particularly for all of us here, God wants to, to release more fire in us. The fire of God to do all that you're going to do. And as Mark preaches on Romans, which is a, an amazing book to, to, to teach from, that's going to be a great foundation that the fire of God would then be released more and more in all we say and do. And so I think that's very important. So to release the fire of God, which is his presence and power, we need to illustrate the life of Jesus here on earth. And so I just want to just look at this. Moses did amazing things over 40 years. I believe that Moses' life was remarkable. Um, the staff in his hand, God used an ordinary thing that became a snake, then it opened up the Red Sea. I would call that a pretty good staff. And we think of the plagues and the, the, the Passover. I think of the manna. I think of the Exodus, crossing the Red Sea. The water came out of a rock. I would say all these things in my book were Old Testament signs and wonders. Amazing scenario there. If you look at the life of Moses, a guy who was 40 years in the palace, 40 years in the wilderness, now 40 years in, the, in, in, in releasing the, the whole nation of Israel. And so for you and I today, we, this is our moment. This is our time. We are here for such a time as this. And so when we think of this, it's amazing. What about us today? We need burning bush experiences, don't we? Yeah. I believe it's not just one burning bush. I think Moses had many equivalents. Burning bush is just a picture of God getting our attention. And I believe over our lives, God gets our attention in a, in a variety of ways. And he wants to do that right now 
We're also, of course, in the deliverance business, aren't we? He delivered the nation. Are we not here to deliver a nation as well? We're part of the package here. Around this nation, people need to know about Jesus Christ. And so, in many ways, we are the equivalent of Moses today. And so, if that's the case, we need to get, get, get God's attention and God needs to speak to us so that we can be particularly ready to do what God called us to do. And so, I want just to say how... how Will God get our attention? Now, I believe it comes in a variety of ways. And I just want to share just a little bit about a a testimony because I I believe testimony is important uh, because it's it's good to look back and see what God has done because when I was thinking of this particular thing and looking forward to 2017, I wonder, well, God, for me personally, what, what do you want to do? And, and I'm, I'm quite excited about 2017. I really am because you never know what God's going to do. God likes to surprise us. He does. He really does. And so I was looking back in my life and I, I, wonder, I, was, I was the age of 30 once, you know, many years ago. I was 30, young. I won't go any more than that. I was going to say handsome or, or intelligent, but uh, I, got no res- I got no response there from the congregation. So let's forget that. You know, but I was young once, and I was enthusiastic and everything else, and I get involved in, in a missionary class and all that kind of thing. And it was amazing. Um, I realized when I, when I look back, we were, we were married at the age of 21, and for 10 years we took care of a... Is it? Have I got a feedback here? Is it, is it okay? Um, basically... We were involved with young people for about 10 years. We had about 100 young folks in a youth group. And, and, and I got a passion for mission. And I thought God was going to send me to, to um, abroad. Well, he has actually, but never mind. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was going to be... <laughs> it, was, it was Bolivia. I, I thought it was going to go to Bolivia or South America and all that kind of thing. But, you know, my heart was after God. And so was Eileen's eventually. But the point was this, that uh, the thing was that I was reading the Bible, and you've got to realize, burning bush experiences um, come out of this book big time. Let me tell you this. I want awesome experiences and all that kind of thing, but for me, I am here today because I read a verse in the Bible. And because I was dithering. Have you ever dithered when you're seeking God's guidance? Um, I feel God's telling me to do this, but um, I really am not too sure. It's a bit risky. You know the idea? Have you been there? And, and so often, uh, I, I, was, I was waffling. That's the word, waffling. I was a salesman, so I could waffle well before I was a pastor. And the thing was that, that I was sitting down and I was reading about, about um, Saul disobeying God and David being put in his place. And that verse, obedience is better than sacrifice. And God spoke to me, and this was my really first burning bush experience. I was sitting in in my living room one Sunday morning, and I heard God saying to me in my mind, if you don't get a move on, Bob, I'll put somebody else in your place. Now, that got my attention. Actually, looking back now, it still gives me the shivers. Because... I realized God was saying, get a move on, Bob. I've spoken to you, get a move on. Moses was a wee bit like that too. He was a wee bit reluctant as well, in many ways. You know, I can't speak very well, you know, 
and, and God sends Aaron with him and all that kind of stuff. And the point is this. Why I'm telling you is this, that that, that particular experience, in a, in a sense, shook me, but set me on a direction for the next 40 years. Is it 40 years? It is 45 years now. 44, nearly 45 years. Because of that experience. And I believe all of us, at different times in our lives, have that experience. I looked further forward when I was pastoring down in, in, in Dorset, and I, I went to Toronto. Now, this is another burning bush experience for me. Patricia Bootsma, I met her then 20 years ago, um, and we've been friends ever since, and we meet together for meals and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she speaks into my life, and, and sometimes I speak into her life, and, and it's just nice to have a, a good old chinwag with God. And um, I remember going there for the first time to the, to the little, little building that they had then, and queuing up to go into church was a most unusual scenario for me. Queuing up to go into church? And I remember going in there, um, and uh, there was about 400 people there, and the speaker that morning, I forget who he was. It was either Randy Clark or Mark DePont, all these kind of guys. I didn't know who they were. I was just there to hear, well, God, speak to me. Who cares about all the other pastors? Speak to me. You know the idea. Selfish, but nice. Um, but the point is this, that um, they called pastors forward for prayer. And I, this is way above my frame of reference then. You realize, I, was, I was a mild case of charismania then. You understand what I mean? The Holy Spirit was there. It was, it was rippling away a wee bit. And, I, and we went to the front and I stood there. And there's a lady there called Stacy Campbell. Maybe you've heard of Stacy Campbell. Wes and Stacy Campbell are pastors over in British Columbia. And she was there, and she was prophesying at the front. And you're going to realize then it was like a bush was burning and not being consumed. And I thought, what's going on here? Because she began to prophesy, but when she prophesied, her head shook like that all the time. You know, and I tried it later. I got a headache. You know the idea. <laughs> uh, and it was, just, it was just not on. And she prophesied, and she spoke, and I've got it written down at home yet, a whole prophetic word that was so awesome, and it just blew me away that I just, I just fell to the ground, and I thought, boy, oh boy, this is holy ground. And you know, the reason why I share that is this, that it was a new level of reality in the Holy Spirit. And I believe God wants us this, this year to appreciate and release the fire of God that there will be a greater reality of the power and the presence of God in your life and whatever you say and do. I think this conference will help you to get a hold of that. I really do. Because it's so important. So that's a wonderful way to understand the fact that, that we can have a greater reality. These burning bush experiences set you on your way to do what God has called you to do. Do you want to share, Eileen? Come up and share. Because I feel that we need to just share a little bit about burning bush experiences so that this is not just a fiction, it's fact. We're, we're in a new year and it's good to look forward into a new year, isn't it? And we make resolutions, etc. I don't know. Mine are broken already. Whatever I said, they've gone by the board. But, you know, sometimes it's good to reflect and it's good to look back and just see what God has done in our lives and what he's been speaking to us about. 
But the story or the thing I want to just share at the moment with you goes back a few years because I found that testimonies that God gives us are always, are usually not just for that one off. They're for guidance, they're for our, um, our walk with him, but they can move forward with us and they can come forward into our lives right now. And this goes back a few years when we were in Mozambique. Um, and we were on our way home. We'd gone to the airport and we were waiting for our plane um, to come back home. And this girl arrived at the airport and she made herself known. Um, she was a missionary in Maputo, but we hadn't met her. We didn't know her. We knew her name. We knew about her, but we'd never met her. And she arrived at the airport to say goodbye to us. And we thought, that's really strange. That's a, a funny thing to do. But she was a lovely girl, so we sat and we had coffee with her. And as we sat and had coffee, she told us her story that she had been back. She was an American girl, and she had been back in America visiting her mum. And her mum had said to her, Katie, her name was, Katie, you've been out in Mozambique long enough. It's time to come home. Get a proper job and get some money behind you. She says, if you fall ill, if you are something wrong with you and you need medical help, you have no money, you have no cover. And she says, you need to get yourself sorted out. And she says, I just looked at mum and said, mum, I've got the best dad that I could ever have. If I fall ill or I need medical assistance or medical help, dad will help me. The money will all be there. Everything that I will need will be there because he's the one that's taken me to Mozambique. And we thought that was nice. We agree with you. We agreed with her. Um, we chatted to her. We said goodbye and we got on the plane. And that's been it for years. And often we've said, I wonder what that was all about. But you know, Bob is speaking about God being the all-sufficient one. God is the all-sufficient one. And as we look back, I think it was Bill Johnson, when we're watching a, a little Bill Johnson video clip, he encouraged us to look back on testimonies that we'd already had and just see what God was saying about them now. Because, you know, I think there's layers on our testimonies. And what we get for that time takes us through into the next part of our lives. But often when we look back, there's something else that has actually been saying to us that moves us forward again. And as we um, looked back at this, we said, what was that all about? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to revisit it. And I prayed and asked God to show me something a bit deeper than what we had picked up from that. What was that really all about? And over the past two years, I've had medical problems. And this, that's what the girl was talking about. And that's all she talked about and left us. And over the past two years, since I've had medical problems, um, the money has been provided for me to have things done. Um, to get me where I am today. Unexpected, unbelievable, you know, just something we could not have organized or arranged. We have a big God. But, you know, that, I just said, 
oh, that's what that was about. God was telling us that he is there for us in every situation. He's the all-encompassing God. He is the all-sufficient God. He is everything, everything that we will ever need in our lives. No matter what we face, the answer is there. He is the answer. He is our answer. And I wakened up this morning um, with the, the words just going round and round in my head that um, in him I live and move and have my being. We need to be so lost in him that our lives out there in the workplace, our lives with our friends, our family, are just so involved in what he is doing and who he is in our lives that it spills out over into everything because he's our answer to everything that we come up against. And coming along in the car this morning, because we've got, we're facing a few problems family-wise, and coming along in the car this morning, I said to Bob, you know, I just said that, that quote um, from Corrie Tenboom that she said when she was in um, the concentration camp, there is no pit so deep that he is not deeper still. He is the all-powerful, all-consuming God. That's who we serve. That's who we are. Our identity is in him. Folks, that's who we are. And I think that's so exciting for the start of a new year. Let's run with him, run with who he is. And what might help me in that is we just need to grasp this. We need to grasp who we are in him. And we're both reading it, actually. Bob's got the hard copy. I've got the, the e-book um, on, and it's called The Sacred Journey. And it's a book, I can't even remember the author's name. It's a book on the Song of Songs, and it's all about God's love. And it just goes through that whole um, little book. And my goodness, does it just grip you. It's absolutely amazing. You'll sit in tears as you read it and think, wow, God, that's how you see me. That's how you think of me. Even in our weakness, he sees us strong, no matter what is going on in our lives. Whether we think it's rubbish, whether we think it's terrible, he sees it as beautiful because he sees us and who we are in him. So he is the all-sufficient one. So let's move forward in 2017 with that in our minds. I feel you've got to realize that a burning bush can come in a very simple situation, okay? To you it's small, but to God it's big. Or to you it's big and God it's small. You know the idea? Um, and I remember we were, <clears throat> we were, we, we, we handed over a church in Dorset a number of years ago and we went back to Scotland which is in great need as well. Um, but before we went there, I wanted to make sure that we, we were getting going there. My father was still alive, and he was on his own for 10 years, and we could work anywhere, working with the, the Toronto Church and Partners and Harvest and all, Catch the Fire. And so from that point of view, it didn't matter where we, where we went. I want you to know that at times, God's going to order your days. I think this is going to happen to a few of you over this year. You're going to have an encounter that will just, you'll think, wow, how did that happen? Okay. I remember we were, we were down in Tunbridge in Kent, 
and we were at an Irish board meeting speaking about what was going on there. But at the same time, there was a conference going on there. Big conference, about 7,800, and John Arnott was there, and David Campbell, and all these folks. And we thought, oh, well, let's go there as well. You know, let's get blessed. And I was thinking, should we go back to Scotland? Should we not go back to Scotland? You know the idea? But like Moses, wondering, what, what will I do here? And so I thought, I'm, I want to speak to, I really feel I should speak to Dan Slade. Now, Dan Slade at that time worked in Ukraine, and we were in England. And I, I would love to chat to Dan Slade. And I thought, Lord, you know, what can I do about this? I really want a clear indication that this is you for us to go back to Scotland. And so we went to this conference, 700 people. We got there late. It was absolutely jam-packed full. full. No, we say full there, full. Full in Scotland, full here. But the point is this, that um, we got there and we were, they found a couple of seats in this whole building here and we sat down in these last two seats. And who was sitting next to me? Dan Slade. Now, could, could you imagine that? I thought, wow, that was a bit of luck. You know the idea? I just found that quite amazing. I said, oh, hello, Dan. Oh, hello, Bob. As if God was saying, you know, burning bush, Bob, burning bush. You know the idea? And we talked about it and we shared it and we got the answers. And I feel that God's going to give you encounters with individuals that will, that will help you to take you forward because there is so much to do in this church and so many activities and opportunities that... God wants us to fit into the, the whole plan, like a, a jigsaw, the whole picture in this church. And we've all got to fit into that plan. And I found that very encouraging that God ordered uh, my days and Dan Slade days to go to Tunbridge in Kent, where we had never been before, and there we met. That's our God, folks. That's the kind of God that we have. And I believe that as Moses got that burning bush, so you and I can have our own experience. Because burning bushes, they help us to enter into our destiny. They take us into where God wants us to be. Um, They give us a new level of reality. You know, I'm so excited. I'm so glad that I moved in 1980 down to the south of England because God opened up a Pandora's box in a sense to see the the awesomeness of God. And so you and I have that same opportunity. It also gives us direction. God's got a plan for your life and my life. And also, um, we can experience the miraculous. We believe in the miraculous, don't we? And I've heard many testimonies in this church about healings and, 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 and answers to prayer financially and all that kind of stuff. So we, we are a church that believes in miracles. And so let's be aware of that fact this year, that these experiences will equip us to do what God has called us to do. And I remember seeing chicken being multiplied in Mozambique. I've never seen it before. And I realized, oh, that's in the Bible. Not chicken, but fish, you know the idea, but, and bread. Same thing, isn't it? Food multiplied. And so I, I feel that's important to know God is, is, all, is all sufficient. And so that is something that I want to just, to just make you aware of, of this particular fact. That when we read Acts chapter 2, I, I believe that, that God's going to release the fire of God for the harvest, isn't he? Is that not part of the plan of God in our lives? If God gets a hold of us personally and we have our experience of him and he guides us, he gets our attention then we can move forward and do what God has called us to do. We've got to be obedient, folks. Um, if I hadn't been obedient, if I hadn't been obedient, we would not be here today. 
Our family would not be where they are today. We would not be doing and being blessed the way we have been blessed over the last many, many years. And so it's important to be obedient and, and to do that. And so when I think of, of Pentecost, I, I realize that there was that meeting together of, of ordinary people. Forget, don't forget they are ordinary people like you and I. And God met them and the fire of God came down. And God met them and changed the world. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. The fire came, came down the way, not up the way. It came down from heaven. And I believe that's what God wants to do to us today. He wants us to, to really be aware of this fact that we are here to reap a harvest. If we are where God wants us to be, fruit happens. I believe that. I really do believe that. It does happen. I was reminded of this when we left Blandford. Um, I don't know whether I've shared this year or not, but I remember when we, we left after 18 years in the church, one of our leaders' wives had kept a note of every person that we had baptized in our time there. I thought, oh, that was cool. I hadn't a clue how many were baptized and became Christians. And she had let, kept a list of people that were, were baptized, became Christians. There were 400 names there. I thought, wow. Did that actually happen here in Dorset, in the farming area? Yes. So what about Cambridge? He's the same God. He's the all-sufficient God. We live and move and have our being. And I believe today that there is a harvest here. We have seen harvest, but there is so much more. Um, you know, there's a, when, the, when Pentecost comes to our lives, Jim Graham, who was a great Bible teacher, he's now with the Lord. He was, he was in Gold Hill Baptist Church in, in London. He was from Scotland, by the way just to let you know that. Um, um, but he went to England, but all Scottish people do at the moment. Um, and he said this, the essence of Pentecost is God came right inside them in power and began to control them and use them effectively. The essence of Pentecost is God came right inside them in power and began to control them and use them effectively. What happened inside that room in that particular situation, then spilled out to outside that room at Pentecost. And so what happens in our lives and in our church, it actually will, will overflow in other situations. And so God says to each one of us, be ready for that. You know, let the fire of the Holy Spirit be so ablaze that we will have that experience that God would take us forward this year to do what he's called us to do. You know, and so burning bushes are significant moments. Pentecost was a significant moment where the fire of God came down and released the presence of God in many, many ways. And so my prayer for this particular church, for faith life, is to see this happen right here today. Amen?